And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. I'm down to dunk. And I'm down to dunk. I'm down to dunk. This is J-Dub, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shea Gibbs Alexander, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lindy Waters, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Mike Muscala, and I'm down to dunk. This is Jay Will, and I'm down to dunk. This is Kenneth Williams, and I'm down to dunk. This is Lou Dort, and I'm down to dunk. We say this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> this is Lou Dort, and I'm down to Dort. <laughs> Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schleck. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Mondays is my good friend, Michaela Bear. Michaela, what's up? I mean... Are you a big oak brand guy? I mean, I'm a big oak brand guy. Me. If you so, if you're listening to this, every time. The, the regular pod does not have like the full serial um, mm-hmm. compilation. But if you're listening on YouTube, which I would like to encourage you to subscribe on YouTube, you can catch the the full length intro that I think is just too long to put on the the regular pod feed, but. <laughs> Yeah, I'm a big oat brand guy. Remain a big oat brand guy. Haven't eaten a lot of cereal lately myself, but still remain a big oat brand guy. Someone else is that's a big oat brand guy. Actually, I don't know if he is. Brian Ortega is the guy who won our half court shot contest hmm. down to Doug Knight. So I wanted to give a shout out to Brian. I'm going to make a video that has Brian making the shot. I just haven't had a chance to do it yet. So hopefully, maybe tomorrow I'll have a chance to sit down and hammer that out. McKelly, we had a rough Thunder game, and there's there's good news and bad news. The The bad news is that the Thunder had to play the best defense in the league by far. Good news, mm-hmm. tonight they play against Detroit, the worst defense by far. They rank 30th in the league. Their defense, 118.1 this season, are wow. the Detroit Pistons. How about that for a stat? Their offense... Worse than the Thunder, 106.8. Did you know that the Detroit Pistons have the worst net rating in the NBA by far? Yes. Negative 11.3. That's 2.2 points worse per 100 possessions than the 29th ranked team in net rating. They have been the worst team in the NBA by the numbers so far. Yeah, in absolute value. uh, I think that uh, Milwaukee and Cleveland have... A bigger number in terms of absolute value, yeah. Um, but not many more. Uh, I think that every other team is below eleven in point differential. Mm-hmm. It's um, it's a good number. I don't have the strength of schedule uh, of Detroit in the first nine games, but I mean, for what I recall, it's it was not an impossible one. Um, so <clears throat> we'll see. I mean, maybe maybe against OKC they'll find their footing um maybe not i don't know uh, i think that their numbers so far are terrible yeah. and so far uh the idea of getting 
Bogdan Bogdanovic and trying to win a couple of games is not working. So on one hand, you can say, hey, I mean, we can quickly revert to developing mode Mm -hmm. like we did uh, last year and being um, in the works for for Wemby. Um, Or you can look at yourself and say, okay, maybe there is something deeper that is not working because it's year four of this. And yep, this is year four. Yeah. This is their opponents. They beat the Magic. They lost to the Knicks. They lost to the Pacers. They lost to the Wizards. They lost to the Hawks twice. They beat Golden State, which felt important that night, but turns out that Golden State went on a five-game road trip and lost all five of those games, so it wasn't quite as impressive Mm -hmm. as people once thought. They lost to Milwaukee twice and lost to Cleveland. So Yeah, so they had... I would say a middle of the pack schedule, like maybe on the harder side because they they got um, Golden State, uh, they got Milwaukee twice, and Cleveland that are probably the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, Orlando is a team that at the beginning of the season was struggling a lot. I think yep. they are better now. Mm-hmm. So whoever faces Orlando now, it's not like a terrible team. They are quite enjoyable to watch. And um, but yeah, I mean, um, a telling number after eight, nine games of normal schedule, I would mm-hmm. say. Good and bad. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested to see what this looks like. The injury yeah, report me too. currently has Marvin Bagley out. Ouch. Uh, Alec Burks out. And Jalen Duran is probable with a left ankle mm-hmm. sprain. And then we've got, obviously, Chet's out. That will be a constant this season, just a constant reminder of a little nagging pain that I have in my heart all season. And then we have Poku out with right shoulder bursitis, which is... That's not a good thing. It's not a good thing. So bursitis is a uh, condition where you have these like small fluid-filled sacs um, that are supposed to cushion the bone, um, but it's painful. It's a. It's very painful. Yeah. He must have a lot of pain in his skinny little shoulder there, for Poku. So, um, yeah, and it's also something where you absolutely shouldn't play on that. I had yeah. it on my heel. Oh, you did. Um, yeah, and it's quite painful. Yeah. Um, that was mainly due to a wrong shoe uh, that I wear, and I mean it was very hard to to kick off uh, to to basically get away from that. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, it's sad that Boku has it. It's nothing like that will change your career. It's just basically an inflammation that, if treated correctly, uh, it goes away. Yeah. Uh, and then you have to to understand um, how it how it basically came up. For me, it was uh, high shoes. I, I I I couldn't play basketball with uh, with high shoes. I just had to to wear Kobe's or stuff like that from from that moment on. But for shoulders, I have no idea. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be resting. Like, he's got to ice it. I'm sure they'll put yeah. heat on it. And I don't know. I have no idea. I don't know what I'm talking about. But hopefully, he'll, he'll get back on the course soon. You know, they kind of missed him the other night. One, just because they have nobody that has any length. Mm-hmm. And also, he's been screening pretty well for guys like Shea. He actually leads mm-hmm. the Thunder in screen assists this season and they kind of need somebody to do that and his short roll passing like there's just a lot of little things that he does that has been helpful to the team especially offensively this year 
Not that he would have like made them win the game. I don't think that he's that impactful. Obviously, you look at cleaning the glass, and he's been a negative this season. But um, there was just you could just see like elements of the game where you're like, yeah, Poku would actually help this a little bit. Yeah, I think that um, a lot of moments uh, during the game, I felt. Yeah, they are missing something. They are not reversing the court. Yeah, they are just playing one side, and it's it's not pretty. There was a comment on the chat uh, from Adam Brandt. Is too early to worried about to be worried about Giddy. Um, I'm mentioning this just because we we discuss it at length on uh, on the OKC Dream Team show, uh, Thunder After Dark. I mean, I'm I don't know what will happen tonight, let alone for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. But surely uh, against Milwaukee, there were. A lot of the issues of the Shea and Giddy combo were on full display. Yeah. Like Shea being, um, when Shea was off the ball, there was no involvement of him, mm-hmm. except for maybe one screen at the beginning of the possession. And, and when Shea was on the ball, um, yes, he had a few passes out, but um, and Giddy, I think, that made one on a on a Shea pass, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but there was no meshing of the two. Um, you pointed out at various times during the season um, that Trey Man and Shea are cooking together. They are screaming for each other. They are creating stuff. Yeah. I don't have the same feeling uh, for Shea and Giddy. Um, mm-hmm. They are still adjusting to what they should do when the other one is on the ball. And one thing is, I think, the fact that if Giddy screens for Shea, the man of Giddy will not come out to to guard him. Uh, when When Trey does it, then you can actually leverage the, the shooting of three men. Mm-hmm. So it's not the same, but I think that uh, putting Shea on a corner or uh, on the wing and just having him wait there is not going to work. Yeah. I mean, shooting is going to be the big issue for the Thunder all season. you know. And Trey yeah. hadn't shot the ball well. No. At all. Is he sub-28? I think so. Yeah, I think that's right. He, goodness, I just don't really, I just didn't really quite understand what was going on with him in Milwaukee, especially Mm. at the end there. He was so incredibly passive, and he's supposed to be the guy that's cooking and can get his own shot and get to the step back and get to whatever he wants, and boy, he did not. Um, Yeah. I I don't really know what's going on there with him, but he definitely looked... um, like maybe the looking at his percentages, like maybe that was getting to him a little bit because he was deferring to others. And they're like, yeah, I can't do anything with it either. <laughs> you know, they had a shot clock violation yeah. at the end of the game where it was just like, holy smokes, guys, like, what are we doing here? Yeah, um, I agree. It was weird. I think that he, he didn't have continuity uh, for the entire game. No. That was weird. Um, yeah. Again, this kind of, um, substitution pattern for now is very erratic um not that technology is ready the, the, the pattern itself is like there is no um no no way to tell before the game what will happen there are games where Dignal finds a unit that works and sticks sometimes they are having good moments and he changes maybe it's my eye it's surely my eye that doesn't catch whatever is happening on the court but i i can't find um um a read on how coach technol uses his rotation and i think that um on one hand uh, if this this is the way in which he feels development is going to be 
faster or better in the end than, than do it. Um, but it surely doesn't help uh, on the, on a game by game result. I think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's you, you can say that maybe it has helped in some games, like just like the Isaiah Joe sub there at the end of yeah. the Dallas game. Obviously, that helped. But then there's time. But it was one substitution, and yeah. the rest of the lineup was steady. Yeah. Like. Yeah, I, I. Part of what they're trying to develop is a mental toughness with the players. Yeah. And they they want it to be a little unpredictable. They want it to be. They want them to stay ready at all times. And I think there has to be some growth if if this is going to work. I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if they know if it's going to work. I have no idea. But they need to see some growth from these players. And this is also just part of, I mean, you you play against the best defense in the league. I know Giannis wasn't there. They're still, they're largely the best defense in the league because of the way they can test threes and the way that Brooke Lopez defends the paint. And then you have Giannis playing free safety. So, like, the structure of their defense was still there, you know. You just didn't have the the giant, terrifying MVP <laughs> roaming the court. But, like, the structure of the team was still there. You still had Drew, who was really, who was a really, really good defender, too. Yeah, he was. And Javon Carter, as well, was pretty amazing on Shea. And so, that's that's the best defense. That's the most cohesive team they may see all year. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah, and a team that plays a very specific brand of defense, a defense that everyone knows, um, where Yanis is basically the, as you mentioned, the free safety. Um, so without him, they are more steady. They drop every pick and roll, and you can take as many mid-range jumpers as you want. Mm-hmm. Probably you can also take a lot of trees. Mm-hmm. They are very disciplined on who they need to close out on and who they don't. Um, this is why I was a little bit concerned. Maybe concern is uh, is not the right word. Again, we are at game nine yeah. of a season that yeah. most of us thought, hey, this is just 2021 repeat, and it's not so far. So, um, But one of the things that I, I think OKC should really um, put as an emphasis is how many trees Shea takes. I don't care necessarily about the step back trees or the side step trees i'm talking about off the catch shots that you create for shea you have to do that you have to leverage shea whenever he's not on the ball that way i mean every time i watched the um part of the cleveland against lakers game last night and not the not the full game but i watched a particular possession where donovan mitchell started the possession and then sprinted to the corner Garland was handling the ball and find him uh, on, on a corner, semi-open. That is how yeah. you should play with Shea as well, because yeah. Shea is a good catch-and-shoot shooter, and one, two trees per game, that's not enough. You should take five catch-and-shoot trees per you know game. How many, you, need... you know how many he's taken all season? From the top of my head, I would say a total trees or catch-and-shoot trees? Catch-and-shoot threes. I would say seven. He's taken ten. Ten, Okay. He's five out of ten on the season. Yeah, and I know he was shooting good enough. Yeah, a little over one per game. Yeah, um, that's not enough. It's not enough, especially when you're trying. When he says he sat down with me, and one of the first things that he wants to say about that he worked on was his off ball game. 
Yeah, you need let's, to find someone who passes the ball to him. It. Yeah, Josh Giddy, how about you? Yeah. How about you, man? I think you are you're the you're the man for the job, Josh. You can do this. I mean, that's something they need to work on for sure. I mean, you look at the catch and shoot numbers up and down the roster, and you know who's number one in catch and shoot threes on the team. Yeah, I know you texted the group chat, so I know. No, no, no. in percentage. Oh, I think it's Jerry. Well, it's Isaiah Joe actually by default almost. Who's five? Oh, of, yeah. Who's five of yeah, eight? Sixty-two yeah. percent. Shea is actually number two in, as far as percentage yeah. goes at fifty percent, and then um, JRE is forty percent. But there are two guys that have shot better than him. Jerry's taken twenty-seven catch and shoot threes. He's made eleven. Yeah, in That's terms good. of forty point seven percent. Yeah, volume plus percentage. He has been the most effective catch and shoot shooter, I would say, in terms of volume. Yeah, it's not very. It's not even close. Just and also yeah. just because there's not a, you know, there's maybe two other guys that have gotten three other guys that have gotten a decent volume. Mm-hmm. Um, Kenrich Williams is actually five of twelve, forty one point seven percent, and then Josh Giddy is seven of seventeen. That's forty one point two percent on catch and yeah. shoots. That's not bad. That's good. That's quite good. Yeah. 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 And then you got like Wiggs, who is 38.5%, 5 of 13, mm-hmm. which matches the eye test. Every time Aaron Wiggins shoots a corner three, I'm like, yeah, that thing's going in. Like, that's yeah. how I feel. Well, Usman Jang so far. This one shocked me because he's another one where when he catches the ball, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is cash. He's five. Yeah, I think of, it's low 30, but maybe, five of maybe, 16, yeah. 31%. Yeah. I feel just like because I, he had the first three games, if you remove the first three games, he's much oh better. Yeah. Oh yeah, this first three games, he was just a nothing. He's looked yeah. pretty good. He was maybe the lone bright spot in that Bucks You're game, right. where you watch him like, okay, like he's he's showing some things. Not that he like dominated the game or anything. He didn't dominate the game. No, but he has some plays. And I had my friend Peter texting me later. He's like, you know what? Like, I you starting to see like why they drafted him. You know. Like why they picked him and like why they should spend a lot of time developing him. Just because a guy at his size can do he can do so many things on the court. And if the yeah. catch and shoot can improve, then you know, he's a he's a real player just because he can pass and he can defend and he uses his length and he uses what athleticism he has. And it's so early for him. I mean, it's like outrageously early for him, but he's looked pretty yeah, good. He- yeah, you know what I like? It's 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 really uh, a flash that I have in my mind, but I saw him grabbing a rebound and sprinting hard mm-hmm. with the ball in his hands um, towards the, the other half of the court. And, I mean, I know that we always say that having guys who can grab and go is very important, but yeah. for him, I think it's natural. Uh, yeah. The fact that he can get there um, and... And he's just natural with the ball. Mm-hmm. I mean, he has to become a lot stronger than what he is right now. Yeah. But again, yeah, we, yeah. we mentioned it multiple times during the during the summer. Um, his body is not Pokushevsky. Yeah. Um, his shor- shoulders are not narrow. Yeah. Um, it's it's not a done deal that he is going to be uh, as big as Giannis, for example. I think that is very unlikely because there's probably stop using Giannis, Giannis as the uh, outlier guy exactly. that we point to. Exactly. I'm not sure who it should be. But if be, you but have him. like a normally shaped human being, like Shea, yeah. um, 
I mean, if he's as strong as Shea for year three, he he might be interesting. Mm-hmm. I would say mm-hmm. just not picturing like a <laughs> a monster, but uh, mm-hmm. just picture something that is natural and it actually looks uh, a pro athlete in two years, and that is scary enough. Yeah, I like Jang. I. I need to separate those games out and see, but like the overall body of work, like you have to look at it. You you can separate. You're like, let's take out the bad games. Oh, in his good no, games, yeah. he's this, you know. No. But um, Trey Mann's only taken nine catch and shoot threes. Nine. Yeah, that, that is as bad. Look, you have the two best catch and shoot shooters that play regular minutes in. Well, not maybe. Maybe you have three. Mike. Who's not shooting the ball well this no, year? He's, two Shea of, and he's six of twenty-four. He's only twenty-five percent. Yeah, that that is going to be to to to, to regress to the mean, and uh, he's going to to take better trees. Uh, he was one of the reasons why OKC was not opening uh, the box of Milwaukee's defense. Yep. But back on Trey and Shea, like twenty trees for the both of them, nineteen in nine games. That is. Not okay. That's a basketball like, crime. Yes, yes, it is. You need to find. I know that they are great with the ball in their hands, but please unlock them when they aren't. If you have other playmakers. That's like that was like the that was the thing, right? Like you have other yeah. playmakers. Like Kenrich can play make. Wiggins has shown the ability to play make. Uh, J Dub can play make. Dort has been working on his playmaking. Let him let him do that, but throw to somebody that can actually shoot it. You know, that's that's yeah. been part of what they need to do, and obviously I think they're going to work on that. Uh, going over more catch-and-shoot numbers, Poku is only 6 of 23, 26%. J-Dub's only taken 8. He's 2 of 8 for 25%. Eugene Omori is 1 of 4. Lindy's 1 of 5. Poor Lindy. J-Will, 0 of 1. And the guy I haven't mentioned yet, Lugans yeah. Dort. He has taken 41 catch-and-shoot threes. 41. The next closest is Mike oh. Muscala at 24. But 41 catch-and-shoot threes for Dort. He's made nine. 22% for Lou on catch-and-shoots. This is not ideal. He shot better on pull-ups last year. That's fine. This is This is part of where... I kind of saw this. I kind of saw this coming, just because they need somebody to score. They need somebody to take the shots. Um, no, no. Hold on, hold they... on. Just let me finish. Just let me finish. Okay. They need somebody to take the shots. Lou is willing to do it, and this is where the Chet not being here is most painful because the pecking order changes when you throw Chet into the lineup. the The mix between Shea and Giddy changes. The, the offensive game, like, overall changes. And you can put Lou in the corner and say, this is where you've been most successful. This is where we need you now. And now he is he is still taking up a, the space on the court that go-to scorers do. And, boy, it's not ideal. All right. Back on the someone need to score, therefore, he's taking shots. No, no, therefore. (laughs) There is no such conclusions that you have to make. Someone has to score, yes. Yeah. There are other guys, and we mentioned just two of them, that should have 
been taking that amount of trees. Mm -hmm. That amount. You know, Dort is sharing the court a lot with Shay mm -hmm. and with Trey Mann. Mm -hmm. There is no reasons in my mind that he has to take a tree in the first 10 seconds of the game. Maybe you have the, <laughs> the number of, uh, not so sorry, not 10 seconds of the, of the possession. Yeah. If he has another passable shooter on the court, yeah. because he's awful in terms of shooting right now. Mm -hmm. uh, I know that you can get... 19% overall. 19.6% overall. Yeah. You only improve your percentage by shooting shots. So he can take trees. I'm not saying that he should not take one tree per game, but he's shooting extremely well at the rim. Mm -hmm. There are multiple possessions where he just decides that he's open and he's going to take it. I don't want those possessions. Mm -hmm. Just move it, man. Take one, two dribbles, probe the defense, and if nothing is there, you can still find one of your teammates and you have... 16 seconds on the clock to work with, or 10 seconds. 10 seconds on the, on the clock on most nights, probably on every night, are better than your percentage from three because that is 0.6 points per possession and everything else is better. So yeah. literally everything else is better, including clutch offense on the last, last five seconds of the, of, the, of the possession. That is even better than that. So right now there is nothing numerically or even by the eye test that suggests that you should take one of those threes do an end off use your body to screen for someone else yeah. in the same spot just call for someone he will take the ball from your hands you can do whatever after like relocating and then attacking the basket in, in another moment just don't take those threes hmm. i would just straightly bench him as soon as he has it uh, and non corner trees and he takes it in the first 10 seconds of the possession. I would just bench him for the entire night. That's it. I told you, this is not what you should do. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Pine. It's not going to happen. Yeah, but it's insane. Like, doing that is way worse than taking a possession off defensively. Way worse. Because it's killing you. Not, it's not, really... not in Mark's mind, but sure. Yeah. I know. But 0.6 point per possession is incredibly sad. And incredibly harmful just as much as you are allowing like a semi-contested tree yeah i i get it i i totally get it the responses that i've gotten when i've asked questions about this is like the out there they are under the impression that out, outcomes are not necessarily what they're looking for they're more interested in process exactly and so they like Lou feeling like he has a green light from three, obviously. Because if he didn't, then this wouldn't be happening. He's taken 51 threes in nine games. It's by far the most on the team. Trey Mann's taken 45, Jerry 28, Poku 26, Mike 24, Shea 23, Giddy 23. And he's taken more than double the amount of threes that Shea's taken. And, you know, that is a, that is a thing that is happening. And so... If they, I don't disagree with you. I'm just saying, one, I do think that he's going to be better than a 20% or 19.6% three point shooter this season. <laughs> I just don't think Me that's going to, that's, that's not going to sustain. I do wonder what the conversations look like behind the scenes on the, the kind of shots that he gets. Um, so I don't know. Defense and, defense is the calling card right now with this team. Offensively, they have a lot of issues. 
And yeah. Shea is really the only thing that works right now <laughs> in terms of the offense. I mean, just him. Like, that's the mm. only thing that works. I, I would say that if you just remove the trees from Lou's offense, yeah, I think that he, he worked extremely well on everything else. That is why I'm so mad. His little pocket like, passes have been pretty good. He's Yeah, just yeah. do that. <laughs> the, like, the defense is not adjusting to you if you take trees. Yeah. Because they will let you have them for your entire career. Marcus Smart, as of today, even if you become like a better shooter, mm-hmm. they are not closing out. They're like... Yeah. Or at least it's it's not the same as Statum. So... If he improves in the shot selection, I, I don't mind when Shea takes, uh, say, with eight, seven seconds to go, he penetrates and finds Lou for an open shot. That is a shot that you have to take mm-hmm. because it's in the right moment, in the flow of the game, in with rhythm. a good pass that helps you. Everything else, it's not necessary mm-hmm. for you to be effective. Mm-hmm. That is the point. And on top of that, when you don't have a guy that is 6-9 on the court, like you're getting killed on the defensive board. So it's it's really, I don't know how to qualify that. It's a crime. It's the second crime against basketball. <laughs> the first one being not le- having Shea and Trey Mann having more <laughs> catch-and-shoot trees. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're going to they're gonna struggle on the boards just because they play smaller than everybody. They're mm-hmm. 18th in defensive rebounding. They are 8th in offensive rebounding in the league this yeah. year. Um, that's good for 13th in total rebounds. So considering the personnel, like they're doing pretty they're they're doing pretty well at competing yeah. on the boards. But there's I mean there's definitely issues. Um if you look at pull-up threes, there's only been 3 guys that have taken 10 or more pull-up threes this season. It's uh, Dort, Shea, and Trey Mann. Can you tell me who has the best percentage out of those three on pull-ups? So Lou Dort is around 17%. Um, He's 10%. He's one of 10. The math math was easy on that one. Yeah. Um, I would say that Shea is around 21%. 15%. 15%. Two of 13 15. on pull-up okay, threes. And I guess the three man is around 22%. 25%. Okay. Nine of 36. So he's taken quite a few pull-up threes compared to the other guys. And it has not been uh, not been great. The three-point nope. shooting for the Thunder. Uh, newsflash, everybody. Not great this season. Hey, I will tell you guys a great stat. A positive stat. Right after this break. Today's episode is brought to you by Giorgio Armani Aqua Di Gio Parfum, a long-lasting and deeply intense men's fragrance that captures the powerful sensations of nature. The woody aquatic scent features notes of bergamot, clary sage, and patchouli, which create an intensity that is vibrant and aromic. Discover more at GiorgioArmaniBeauty.com. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. 
Head over to MichelobeUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And we're back after that quick break. The the Thunder have actually played like a middle of the road number of clutch minutes this season. And in it's in 18 minutes, which is 16th in the NBA. They are fifth in offensive rating in the clutch in the NBA. 122.5 offensive rating. Yep. They are the number one defense in the clutch so far in this very small sample early season clutch rating, which we shouldn't even talk about because it's so such a small number that it doesn't even matter. But they're number one. Off defensive rating of 75 yeah. in those clutch minutes. They're second in net rating only to the Raptors in the clutch this season. So that's kind of that's pretty interesting because it's not just that Dallas game. Obviously, that Dallas game really skews these numbers quite a bit just because things went in such a wild direction. But they've played clutch minutes against the Magic and some other teams, so it's really, you know, this helps. And, you know, this is a this is also just Shea controls everything during these moments, and this is, yep. this is your result. You know, you, you get – you have a heliocentric Shea. Yeah. No, he actually sat in one of these games. Um, so take that for what it's worth, but I thought that was at least interesting and positive. Yeah. Again, it's, it's, um, so tiny that, uh, you can't project anything, but you can read what happened. Um, they made their comebacks by playing very hard defensively. Um, even with guys like Isaiah Joe on the court, which is not a great defender, but still a defender that puts effort and, and having an heliocentric offense around Shea. Yeah. And Poku. And Poku. Poku's been a part of it. I mean, yeah, Poku was great in two of the those clutch mm-hmm. games. Yeah. Not, not good. I would say great, which is something that I did not expect to say. Yeah. And Clippers it's not and that Magic, clutch. He was great. Yeah. Yeah. But also one of the Clippers game, he was quite good. I don't remember if it was the first or the second. But it was the second one I think the with second. Paul George out yeah. there. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it was quite good there. Uh, and again, he's um, 
I mean, it's not that those minutes count more than others. Um, there is no such thing as projecting clutch stats over others kind of uh, moments of the game, uh, or at least not to my recollection. But it's still good to see him being positive in moments of the game that matter. That mm -hmm. is actually important. Mm -hmm. Like third quarters. For OKC, I, I, I don't know if we, we have third quarters numbers as a stat that we discussed today, but this is a team for this year. Uh, they are not bad in third quarters. I would say they are quite good uh, in those moments. And good teams are actually putting a lot in third quarters in general. So being able to switch uh, from the first half to the second and start immediately to a different brand of basketball, it's it's something that is telling of a team that can find solutions from one half to the other. I have a, a stat, a third quarter stat for you, actually. But it's not good. What's, what's their ranking in net rating in the third quarter in nine games? I would say top eight. They're the number one team in the third quarter in the NBA. Wow. Plus, I should have known that. Plus 21.8 in the third quarters. An offensive rating of 121, which is good for third in the league. A defensive rating of 99.1, second only to the Cleveland Cavaliers in the third quarter this season. That's that is insane. That's the Oklahoma City Thunder right there in the third quarter after an adjustment. And typically, after a lineup change, um, the only problem is they're 23rd in the league in net rating in the first quarters. And it's not ideal. Um, no. And they are defensively, they're 20th in the league in the first quarter. And then offensively, they're 24th. So, yeah. There's a good team in there somewhere, just not in the first quarter. In the third quarter, they've been the best team in basketball. They is, need to start better. Which is funny. And against Milwaukee, they did the opposite. They were okay in the first quarter. They had their third quarter they, in the first quarter. against. Yeah, Milwaukee. they didn't change the lineups. <laughs> yeah. And they were bad. So maybe <laughs> the theme here, when you switch the, the unit from... The first quarter to the third, actually, something improves. I don't know it's it's clearly not like that, but um, yeah. If you take just second halves, they're mm -hmm. sixth in net rating in the league. They're fourth in defense and eleventh in offense in the second. Excuse me, in the second halves, and then in first yeah. halves, boy, buckle up. It's uh it's not great. They're 29th in net rating in the second or in the first halves of these games. They're 20th in defense and 30th in offense in the first half. They have a 100 offensive rating in first halves this season. Oh boy, that's by far the worst. They're two points per 100 per 100 possessions worse um, than the Clippers, who are 29th. So that's weird, though. It's, it's like it's it's really weird because like the difference offensively one hundred to uh, let's see where are they oh it didn't update sorry great podcasting um one hundred to one twelve I mean they're twelve points per one hundred possessions better in the second half of games that is not isn't that that weird? doesn't make any sense yeah yeah it's very very strange. Very, very strange. But, I mean, 
credit to the coaching staff for making adjustments in the second half, but they have to find a way for it to work the whole game. Earlier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our analysis. Be better earlier because you're bad then. <laughs> well, that's be better because you're bad now. That is actually good advice. Yeah. Uh, it's tough. This is such a, and this, and this is part of this is like being a young team, you know, being young teams will struggle at times. Like you will struggle mm -hmm. against the Milwaukee Bucks, whether Giannis plays or not, you know, like it's, yeah, it's, it is tough. And tonight they're playing a team that has performed a lot worse than them all season. And this, if everybody plays, obviously, except for Poku, I mean, they should win this game, you know, based on the way that both teams have performed so far this season. So, um, yeah, I wonder what kind of game they will play tonight. Mm -hmm. Like, would they smoke Detroit? Would they just play a, uh, like below their maximum standard and make it the game? Will they just lay an egg? Um, I, I'm not that this will mean anything. But yeah, before the Milwaukee game, I mostly saw a team that was playing hard and was playing, especially Shea. Shea was the man on the mission on a mission, and I wonder if that version of Shea will will be in Detroit tonight. Like, yeah. because if that version plays, they don't have the same defensive level of of a team like Milwaukee. Detroit doesn't. They have um, the opposite. They have yeah, the yeah, worst know, defense in the league. Especially, yeah, but you know, especially Beef Stu can have a good night. Beef Stu cannot cover for Sadiq Bay has been a traffic cone this season, and Bogdanovich has always been that on the defensive yeah. end. Like those guys are really bad. Cade is not going to compete that hard on that end just because he doesn't have the energy to do both. And so, like, who guards Shea in the starting lineup for Detroit? Like, who is it? I have no idea. Like Ivy can't defend, is but it he will probably get the assignment. I mean, Sadiq is has just not been good on that end this year. So Shea will have his way with this with this particular team. They play really small to start the game, and I don't know if Dern will play on play or not. But they don't. Their rebounding is really bad. Their defense is really bad. But they, you know, they don't have the personnel to deal with Shea. You know, where Milwaukee, not only do they have individual defenders, but they have probably the guy who's been the best drop big in the league mm -mm. this season. And, you know, Detroit doesn't have any of that. So, yeah. And Gobi in the chat mentions uh, that Cade can guard um, Shea because he competes. I, don't necessarily doubt that. I just you don't put your best offensive play on Shea. Um if if only because of the fact that he will probably draw a lot of fouls. So I I'm mostly convinced that that Kate will not get that assignment. There are yeah. other guys first. Probably Sadiq or 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 Ivy. Yeah. At least to start. And yeah, then if Sadiq. it's a terrible idea, which is probably is on some possessions. I think that, that Shea will try to find K, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Putting I, pressure there. Yeah, I'd like to see that. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah, the Thunder, 
and this this is why there's Shea is difficult to guard. I mean, they lead the league the lead the league. Oh my gosh, help me! Lead they the league. League, 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 league. They lead the league in drives, sixty four drives per game. The second team is the Knicks, only at fifty six per game. So like by a pretty wide margin, um, they are going to get to the basket, and it makes it really difficult if you don't if you have a really good drop coverage big, which we have seen. Teams like the Timberwolves and now the Bucks, they can defend the Thunder really well because the Thunder yeah. don't have any shooting. But they know how to defend the paint. Yeah, just imagine the same defense when Chet can play pick and roll with Shea. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. That's I mean, that's yeah. that's where things open up so much. And you can link all these players together so much easier. But yeah, I mean that's I'm very intrigued to see how they play against Detroit tonight at the Little Caesars Arena. So there's a, it's not really an elephant in the room, but it's a problem that the Thunder have is Shea and Giddy playing together and how it's looked. Uh, I think the, the, the kind word is clunky, and you can say much, much worse of them, but so. According to Cleaning the Glass, with Shea and Giddy on the court together, minus 19.7. That's in 238 possessions. Um, that's bad. They're losing games whenever they're both on the court. Yeah, and most of those, of those times are in the first half. Yes, because they, they have staggered them more in the second half. And that, you know, that goes back to the, you know, the half numbers that we were just talking about. Mm-hmm. Giddy without Shea is a minus 10 in 138 possessions. And then Shea without Giddy, plus 18.4 in 359 yeah. possessions. So there is, a, there is a struggle currently there with those two on the court and figuring it out. It feels like like your turn, my turn, to a degree when they're playing together. They're not really... Mm-hmm both engaged in offensive actions and um, there's there are problems <laughs> right now with those two working it out I'm not this is not an indictment on on them as a as a pairing and as teammates but you know through nine games the sample says uh, this is not good no and I know that I always make things too sim- simple. Um, I think I discussed this with Joe on one of the, uh, it was probably an OKC Dream Team podcast, mm-hmm. uh, about the fact that in order to unlock Shea and Giddy together, you need to have shooting out there. Yeah. But if you put Trey Man, um, then the defense is really in trouble. Mm-hmm. But I wonder what happens if you you start Trey Man and, and you play him, Giddy, a guy like Wiggins, even and and JRE, mm-hmm. and you bring Dort off the bench. You can play Dort thirty minutes anyway, just not when Shea and Giddy are playing together. Uh, at least until Chad is here. Yeah. Um, they because won't, that they won't I think, do that, but I get the idea. They won't do that. Yeah, I know. I I do know that. Um, because again, if I am the opposing coach, I would just target the two of them, just bringing the screener. Um, who's the, the guy who's guarded by three men and 
the guy who takes the skin is the guy the, the guy who's guarded by Giddy, and I will just put them in, in in that situations over and over again and just kill the thunder this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I want I I can't help myself wondering, what if you have these two guys and a lot of play finishers or guys that are good enough shooters around them? Mm-hmm. I think that you will make life easier for them. Yeah, you can play with. Uh, concepts where with um, w- one of the two that, that are leading the, the break or doing the the pick and roll and having Trey Mann as a decoy on the opposite corner. You need to guard him. And so they will have more space. I like the fact that JRE is involving cuts and movements, but if you have the two corners occupied and those two guys, that is, I, I need to see it before. Yeah. <clears throat> Sorry, before I can see that, he doesn't work. Oh, no, McKelly is crying. <coughs> no, he's crying. Um, Sorry. Are you okay? I'm alive. Okay. Yeah, Barely. I am curious to see how Mark tries to get these two to work together because it is a huge, huge part of the season is to figure out ways for them to work. And some of it is going to be a willingness from Shay and Giddy to sacrifice to a degree to figure it out and I don't feel like I've seen a ton of that yet from them and so it can definitely work I don't think that it's like uh, this is hopeless and if you're writing this off now like it's been nine games it's been nine games of them trying to figure it out this season and it's too soon to say that it won't work even if it doesn't work all season I am would I'm not concerned, honestly. I'm not concerned at all just because they have Chet coming in next season plus whoever they draft. And this is not going to be the team, you know? Like the yeah. team is going to change dramatically next year. And I, I would want to really reserve like any like giant judgments for then. Because we can get through 50 games. I don't care if it's 50 games or nine games where you're like, yeah, this is still pretty clunky. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that it won't work or it can't work. These guys are still really young. Giddy still has a lot to figure out as to the kind of yeah. NBA player that he is. You know, He looks a little bit more like he's in his head this year than he did last. Last, sure. last year felt like he was a little bit more free. And this year it feels like he's feeling... It looks like he's almost like feeling the weight of responsibility that he has on his shoulders, and he's like really trying to figure it out, and it hasn't really worked yet. And that's okay, as long as you're trying and willing to sacrifice and willing to figure out, you know, whatever it takes to win. You know, I think they'll do that. And I think Giddy has that kind of personality. Like Giddy is not a, it's all about me personality. He's somebody that I think will be willing to put in the work to figure it out. But through nine games. Again, it looks clunky at best, and the numbers say that it's not working. Um, but this will be something good to evaluate after 20 games, and then after 30 games, you know, to see where we're at. But as of today, we've got some issues. Um, I wanted to look also at just pairings with Shea and other players on the court. And so I just did two-man lineups through cleaning mm-hmm. the glass. Um, with Shea. Uh, so I'm going to give you the pairing. I want you to tell me if you think it's positive or negative. Okay. 
Shay and Poku, positive or negative? Negative. It's positive, actually. A positive 0.5. So okay. just barely there. But still positive. <laughs> just a glimmer of hope. Yeah. Um, Shay and Dort. That is positive. Plus seven for Shay and Dort when they're on the floor together. Remember, Shay and Giddy are a minus 19.7 when they're together. Yeah. Um, that, seems, that seems wrong. It's the first, it's, you're right when you say it's the first half. It's like the first half aberration. Like we're having first and second half aberrations on both sides where it's like the Thunder are definitely not the best team in the league. They're just playing the, they've played the best through nine games in the third quarter, you know, but they're definitely not that. But they're also definitely not this horrific team that plays in the first half either. You know, you get this like mesh of like Thunder quarter soup and then you get like, okay, they're actually just like a, good defensive team and a bad offensive team. Um, Shane Bays. Um, I would say positive. They're a plus 21 together so far. Yeah, Bays has been one of the best stories of the well, it's not it's not like a loud story because he's playing okay. Yeah, he's playing okay. Yeah. Yeah. He's proficient. Yeah. He, you know, he shot the three ball pretty well. He he's done a lot of good things. He still is playing the ninth most minutes on the team and hasn't yeah. started one game whenever they have. I mean, here are the guys that have started at least one game. Mike Muscala, J-Dub, J-R-E, Kenrich, Wiggins, Poku, Treyman, Giddy, Dort, Shea. All of those guys have started at least one game. The yeah. only players on the team that have not started one game Baisley, Jang, Eugene, Lindy, Jay Will, and Isaiah Joe. Those are the only guys who haven't started. I just thought, I thought, the I thought if it were me, I'd start him against Orlando, just because he's mm-hmm. somebody that his, he's the only like big athletic guy on the team. And they didn't do that, and they haven't started him yet. Now they may start him tonight in Detroit, and this is all moot. But it just seems a little curious to me that he's the one that hadn't gotten a chance. You know, Kenrich, don't think Kenrich started one game last year for this team. No. Um, yeah, probably one. Zero. None. Z- zero. Okay. He didn't start one game for them last year. And you could easily do that again, but they didn't. And you could easily start, you know, Baisley, but they didn't. I don't know. Just, Just saying... It's a little curious to me that he's that he's played a smaller role than he did last year, and he has not started one game. And this is a small sample size. He may start tonight. He may start against somebody else. I don't know. But it's just a little curious to me in a contract year that you're like, yeah, okay, smaller role, not starting. You know, good luck with the minutes you got. And not saying that that's what they're doing, but I'm just saying like outside looking in feels a little bit like that. And I don't know. I don't know all the inner workings of what they're doing, but that's just interesting. And then the plus twenty one is also interesting because he's actually he's had some he's had some really good games where it's been like, yeah. hey, that is the best version of Baisley I've ever seen because yeah. he's putting it together on both ends and he's not make, taking a lot of dumb shots and he's trying to finish around the rim. So, uh, Shea and Jeremiah Robinson Earl, positive or negative? 
I think that is um, a big negative because they played a lot in the first quarter. It's a big fat negative, minus 18. Just a little bit better than the Shane Giddy pairing, but it's pretty bad. Um, Shay and Usman Drang. No, oh, that is going to be very close to zero. Oh man, you're such a smart person. Negative 1.4 for Shay and Us. What about Shay and Trey? I'm torn because my mind says that this is this might be one of the best two man lineups. But also Trey didn't have the greatest net rating so far. But I would lean they are positive together. You should go with your first feeling. They're a plus twenty. Yeah, I know, but I'm cheating. You, you you texted me. So plus I, I do know that. Yeah. That is something. That's really something. Do you can you guess if you put together uh, that that is widely positive. Um mm-hmm. can you guess if you put together Shay, Giddy, and Trey Man? Do you have it pulled up? I just look at it. Um a plus seven or something? I don't know. Minus forty. They seriously? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, no, the very few minutes. They barely played together. Yeah, I was gonna say I don't I don't even remember them playing together. But if you put them together um with Muscala, which is again our blueprint for whatever even Jeremiah chat. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's better with Muscala. If you put um Giddy Shea and Muscala together, so far they are positive. Yeah. So with a shooting center, mm-hmm. with a little bit of space, they made it work. We'll see. This is why Chet matters so much, just because teams are going to care about Chet, whether he shoots the ball well out of the gate or not. Teams are going to care yeah. about him having the basketball. Because he's, the, I mean, some of it is just about the respect that these players have for one another. You know? Like, a bunch of these guys, like teams don't have respect for Poku, Dort, Baisley, Jeremiah, Usman Jang, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins. Like they don't and have, they will not scheme for Mike Muscala. They won't scheme for Maybe Mike after the, fir- the the fourth threes that yes, he did. if he's he hot, make. but he hadn't been hot all season. Yeah. Like they don't care about those guys. They're, they will care about Chet, Chet Holmgren whenever he plays. They will care. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's going to be a, a big deal for them. So. They need to find ways to find each other on the court. No question. That is, and, and when you mentioned uh, after if after fifty games it doesn't work, I would not be concerned. It depends if they continues to play like they are not on the same team offensively, like they are not interacting when they are on the court mm-hmm. at all. I would be concerned yeah. if you can start seeing flashes of moments where. Boom, everything clicks. And do you remember that game in Memphis where for the first time of the Donovan era, they put Ibaka as the center? Mm-hmm. They put it for five minutes, mm-hmm. but it clicked. Wow. And then what do they do? They put it away. They said, okay. They put it away. Yep. Goodbye. Won't see this again Goodbye. until the playoffs. Yep. I, I, I don't understand it. Um, I never understood it, but, but it's okay. But that you, you had, okay, they don't do it every single night, but they have something there that worked. Mm-hmm. I have proofs on my eyes, my mind, that when they do A, B, and C, 
they can work together. And so far, I've seen probably two or three possessions where Giddy really found Shea for an open three, and too many of, I have an avenue to give the ball to Shea, but I'll try to do my herky-jerky dribble and layup uh, against the set defense. Mm. Or finding JRE for a nice cut. Okay, nice, but Shea is wide open from three. There is where the ball should go. Mm. Don't be fancy. Just just hit the best offensive player you have with a good shot as soon as you can. Mm-hmm. Because that will, will bring attention to where Shea is. And you will have more space to do the next um, attempt at the rim. Mm-hmm. And th- this is where I need to start seeing some stuff. Because there, there are avenues already when Shea is off ball to get in the ball. Mm-hmm. And I don't see enough effort from Giddy to do so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, Shea and Wiggins, positive or negative? Yeah, positive. Wiggins, to me, is positive. Plus 17.8. It's been yeah. awesome. And then Shea and J-Dub. J-Dub. Um, I would lean slightly negative. Oh, it is a very, very bad minus 26. Whoa, I did not expect so that. In limited minutes, obviously, but the, that's mm-hmm. the worst pairing so far, which is very counterintuitive. Yeah, wasn't awesome. He's had after the first games, good the first and game bad moments. Yes, this would be a good night for him to get back on track. Uh, all right, I've got to go, but I've got a few other stats, some other loose stats. There's the Thunder are seventh overall in secondary assists, which I thought, huh, that's at least something a little interesting. That's something that I think. They would like to be, you know, top half of the league, and if not, you know, top ten, mm-hmm. like they are. Uh, they're eighth. I mentioned this earlier. They're eighth in offensive rebounding and nineteenth in defensive rebounding this season. So, which is, you know, I'm interested to see how that plays out with Detroit, who have been a really bad rebounding team overall, a really bad defensive team overall. Um, I'm very intrigued to see. So tonight, every single team in the NBA plays tonight because there's no games on Tuesday because it's election day. So go vote tomorrow if you're in the U.S. And tonight you are going to get to see every single team play. It's going to be kind of wild. I am handling the daily ding for the Athletic NBA show tonight. What a night. What a night. Mark Schindler and I will break it down for you guys. That'll be published late, late tonight. So if you want to hear about that, you can listen to that on the Athletic NBA show feed. Uh, the Thunder game tonight starts at 6.30 Central Time, right on the dot. Um, so be ready for the tip to start then. They won't have like their normal delays. It'll start right on time. So that'll be that'll be good. Uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your Monday. And we will talk to you guys again on Wednesday.